Jonathan Hudson, guest editor of the European Heart Journal Case Reports. Today I'll be sharing a case by Vincent Chan, Bradley Knight and Elizabeth McNally from Northwestern University Feinberg School of Medicine in Chicago, USA. The case report is entitled DSP Truncation Variant PR1951X Leads to Arrhythmogenic Left Ventricular Cardiomyopathy and it highlights nicely some of the challenges of diagnosing arrhythmogenic cardiomyopathies and some of the important diagnostic criteria. The case involves a 21-year-old male university student who presented to the emergency department following an episode of syncope after some exercise at home. He had no chest pain and no shortness of breath. The patient had no past medical history, but his family history included a mother who had a cardiomyopathy and had undergone genetic testing several years before with a non-diagnostic result. In addition, his maternal grandmother and her brother had some sort of heart disease and they'd been advised to have an ICD placed. Initial examination of the patient was unremarkable and his observations were stable, but while in the ED he developed repeated runs of sustained monomorphic VT with a cycle length of 220 milliseconds, but remained hemodynamically stable. His rhythm then changed to polymorphic VT, which progressed to ventricular fibrillation and a cardiac arrest. He had ALS and defibrillation with 200 joules of biphasic energy and spontaneous circulation was obtained. An echo performed afterwards demonstrated a dilated left ventricle and an ejection fraction of 45%, with severe hypokinesis of the basal anterior segment and mild hypokinesis of the mid and distal anterior, anterior septal and apical lateral segments. Subsequent cardiac MRI showed subepicardial basal anterior and basal anterior lateral late gadolinium enhancement. The right ventricle was of normal size and function without any LGE, and an endomyocardial biopsy performed to rule out giant cell myocarditis revealed a mild lymphocytic myocarditis, some fibrosis, and myocyte hypertrophy. A diagnosis of lymphocytic myocarditis with likely underlying cardiomyopathy was made. A subcutaneous ICD was placed for secondary prevention of sudden cardiac death, and he had outpatient genetic counselling and testing that revealed a pathogenic heterozygous DSP gene truncation variant, PR1951X. It also showed a pathogenic heterozygous HFE variant. Other variants of uncertain significance were also identified, however it was the DSP truncation variant that segregated with the disease in other family members and was therefore considered the primary responsible pathogenic variant. This was a really fascinating case of arrhythmogenic left ventricular cardiomyopathy presenting in a young patient with life-threatening ventricular arrhythmias. I'm going to pick up on two key issues highlighted by this case report. Firstly, the difficulty in diagnosing ALVC, and secondly, the genetics that underpin the pathophysiology. I will then share with you the author's own learning points. So arrhythmogenic cardiomyopathy is a genetic heart muscle disease caused by the deposition of fibrofatty tissue in the ventricular myocardium. Many listeners will know this condition as arrhythmogenic right ventricular cardiomyopathy, or ARVC, as it was first described as classically affecting the right ventricle, leading to fatal ventricular arrhythmias arising from the right ventricle in often younger individuals and athletes. However, in the past decade, contrast enhancement cardiac MRI Autopsy investigations and genotype-phenotype correlation studies have shown that the fibrofatty replacement, the distinctive pathological feature of the disease, affects the left ventricle as well as the right. We now use the umbrella term arrhythmogenic cardiomyopathy to encompass three phenotypes of the condition, right ventricular, left ventricular, and biventricular. ALVC has been underdiagnosed and underrecognized in the last few decades. It is only with the recent publication of the Padua criteria that there is a systematic approach to diagnosing ALVC, which requires two major criteria, 
both present in this case report. The first is the demonstration of structural left ventricular abnormalities on cardiac MRI manifesting as subepicardial or mid-myocardial left ventricular LGE in greater than or equal to one segment of left ventricular free wall or septum. The emphasis on the subepicardium reflects the pathology of ALVC, where fibrofatty replacement of the LV wall proceeds from the epicardium to the endocardium, with scar tissue mostly confined to the epicardial layers. The presence of LGE on CMR is key to the diagnostic of ALVC and also helps distinguish it from one of the main differential diagnoses, dilated cardiomyopathy. The second major criteria for the diagnosis of ALVC in the Padua criteria is the identification of a pathogenic or likely pathogenic ACM mutation in a patient. ACM is thought to be predominantly a disease of the desmosome, a structural protein that helps organize intercellular junctions. The specific mutation in this case was identified as a truncation of the DSP gene encoding the structural protein desmoplecan. The truncation leads to loss of function and failure of intercellular adhesion. Subsequent cardiomyocyte death drives inflammation and fibrosis, which was detected in this case on an endomyocardial biopsy that resembled myocarditis. The presence of this inflammation is one of the interesting aspects of the case, as the authors hypothesized that it could represent a viral myocarditis, or alternatively, an acute inflammatory phase of the underlying genetic disease. This specific mutation in the DSP gene has only been described previously in a case of DCM and a case of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. However, other mutations in the DSP gene have been shown to lead to a specific DSP-related cardiomyopathy that predominantly affects the left ventricle and causes significant left ventricular fibrosis and scarring, leading to ALVC. So in conclusion, I'd like to share with you the author's own learning points from the case. Firstly, the Padua criteria emphasised contrast-enhanced cardiac MRI findings and genetic testing in the diagnosing of ALVC. Secondly, loss of function DSP mutations lead to failure of intercalated disc integrity and subsequent cardiomyocyte hypertrophy, inflammation and often subepicardial fibrosis. And number three, ventricular arrhythmias and fibrosis in ALVC can be misattributed to viral myocarditis or sarcoidosis. A thorough family history that looks for heritable cardiomyopathy can be life-saving. So thank you to the authors of this case report for highlighting this really interesting case for us. And thank you for listening to the European Heart Journal Case Reports podcast. References and the original case reports are available online. Visit academic.oup.com ehjcr for other interesting case reports. Our music is Computer by State Shirt.